0: Welcome to the Flower Hour podcast. The podcast where conversations blossom. It is your boy, Sean Flores. If you love this podcast and you've really enjoyed it, please share, subscribe and follow and look forward to the journey we will be going on. Hello everyone. You're joined here for Flower Hour episode 22. Today I'm going to be joined by with george from carney's community center we're going to be talking about the great work that they're doing so this is another conversation talking about the good work organizations are doing yes man aaron what are you telling me we got to do our podcast very very soon man i've been waiting for you to jump on so yeah hope you guys enjoy the conversation i'm about to have and again i hope everyone's just had a good day most importantly a feeling good to see you as well brother for this works so and my connection works well. Yes, George man. How are you?
1: How's it going? You're right, so
0: good man. It's, it's it's been a while since um I've seen your face and even been able to pop down the Carly's, man.
1: Where you been? Where you been?
0: I've been you know what it is I've been training um at my gym at the moment and trying to sort out this whole podcast thing and I'm trying to launch other stuff in terms of journalism so i can have more of these conversations with organizations and individuals like yourself so that's been the whole process and the motive at the moment nice nice but but i've seen you've been doing some absolutely amazing things man
1: we've been trying we've been trying we've got a good team no you do you
0: really do so what i want to let you do um is introduce yourself to the audience and everyone that's going to be watching and who you are as a person and the organization that you represent
1: all right, so yes yeah, so i 'm George Turner i try and i've got i 've got a tendency to talk and talk and talk, so I try not to do too much because I know these these lives are only an hour. Um, but I run an organization called Companies Community. Hmm. We set up in two thousand and twelve, but it 's based on work that we 've been doing since two thousand and one. Um, basically before we set up the charity I was working at various other charities and for a local authority but um, felt that Uh me and my my co-founder could do a, a better job if we were if we were in charge and so from I moved from local authority into setting up the charity we named it Carney's community because it's named after Mick Carney who was the club leader of Fitzroy Lodge Boxing Club and for people anyone that knows anything about amateur boxing will know about Fitzroy Lodge and Mick Carney. He was a, a very big personality who had a massive influence on loads and loads of different people. So we wanted to try and carry on his legacy. He passed away in 2011 where we set up. And what Carney's does is we, we do a combination of boxing and mentoring. I mean, we do now we do lots of other activities. It's not just, it's not just boxing and, and mentoring. We've got loads of activities that we're doing, but the main ones are boxing and mentoring. And the boxing side of it, we're not a competitive boxing club because if we were a competitive boxing club, the main aim would be to create competitive boxers, but it's not. The main aim for us is to engage disadvantaged young people using the sport of boxing. And the mentoring, which I think is really the main part of the charity is based on long-term, consistent, unconditional support with empathy. So what we try and do is we try and provide the participants that we're working with, the opportunity to belong to something. Um, we're called a community for a reason. We want to be a part of the... We want to create a community for pe- for everyone to be able to belong to. Um, and we want to be like a family to to the participants that we work with. And we get a lot of them saying we are like a like a second family. Sometimes they'll say we're like a first family. Um, and yes, yeah, so in a nutshell, that's what Carnies does. We target disadvantaged young people age 11 to 30 um and we have a real like we focus mainly on people who are coming from an offending background but we work with different ages so, so far the youngest is seven and the eldest is 84.
0: oh wow that is a complete contrast in age from the beginning of life almost uh, what some people would say is the end of life i remember when I used to come for a few sessions, the boxing was quite fun. It's enjoyable, as you said. It's not competitive, um, so you get to enjoy it, and you get to do it. Like What do they call it? Boxercise, I suppose, is what some people call it. But no, I think yeah. I've seen the good work that you do, and I've seen you even had a chat with Afian, who I've also had the pleasure of having on my podcast, and he's also doing great work. And I know you guys are partnering up with some big names, so the first person I'm always going to have to start off with is Stormzy. What is, what was it like having someone with his high profile come down to the organization and to support the good work that you're doing?
1: Do you know what, It was to have him come down was brilliant because we've had like, we've had a lot of celebrities that have come down mainly, mainly boxers, but quite often they say you meet, you meet these celebrities and they're a disappointment, but with Stormzy was brilliant. So the, even the way you got involved, we were—it was just when the when lockdown started and we had the pandemic, and we were we were preparing food packages that we were going out and delivering to participants who were in need, and we had a few of our old ex-participants who were coming down, and that's that's another story actually, which I'll tell quickly. So we during lockdown we had a complaint from the police that we had a, a number of known gang members associating in and around Carney's Community Centre. And we had to inform them that these apparent known gang members uh, were actually in Carney's helping prepare food packages that we were delivering out to vulnerable people. So actually they were doing something positive. And um, whilst we were packing, doing the food packages, um, one of them got a phone call and chatting to his friend on the phone and says to me, oh, is, it, is it right if Junior comes down to help do the food packages? And I was like, I thought he, he was talking about another guy that we worked with called Junior. And I was like, we've got... we've, we've, we've Got too many people down here anyway we're meant to be socially distancing we can't have no more and he was like oh well but it's, it's you know junior isn't it stormsy." i was like oh okay nah yeah he can come down <laughs> so he came down and he just wanted to help out with the food packages he even came and did some food deliveries as well with some of the participants um we've done a few boxing sessions with him as well and he's just he's just been brilliant he was coming down on a very regular basis we'd see him sort of two three times a week and he was just wanting to help out and he was wanting to help out, but he wasn't wanting any sort of publicity over it. You know, you get people that will yeah. be like, Oh, I'm coming down to help out. Let me, let me take some selfies. Let me show off everything that I'm doing. Whereas for him, I think he just wanted to come down and put something back and he came, he went, met a load of the participants that we were working with as well. We took him around to to meet them and yeah, he was just brilliant with them. Really, really friendly, really humble and just a, just Willing to just go out of his way to help out. Really, really nice guy. Got loads of time for him.
0: And I suppose that says a lot about what as an organisation you're able to do. You know, as you said, there's some ex-offenders, but they can come through and they've still got a family within your centre. And then you've also got Stormzy comes down. And as you said, doesn't want any clout Free wants to come and genuinely help. Because I remember when I saw the video, I was like, oh, that's really, really nice to have individuals that they've reached a certain high profile. And they're coming back and bringing the ladder back up for certain other individuals. And you've also said you've had boxers there at the centre. Can you name some of those boxers? And you said some celebrities, I suppose, are a disappointment. But what was it like with some boxers and which boxers did you meet? But you don't have to say which ones are disappointments. I don't want to name drop or name shame anyone.
1: Yeah, you you don't want to get me in trouble. (laughs) I, I, I don't want
0: either of us to get in trouble for libel. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Alright, so we've had so we've had Andy Joshua down a couple of times and he's he's brilliant as well. Really nice, really humble guy. Um we had him come down before he was world champion, so when he was the British champion, he wasn't as big a deal as he is now, and he was brilliant then, again, very humble. Um he actually came down because we had Manny Pacquiao and Amir Khan come down. So he came down because he wanted to meet Manny Pacquiao and Amir Khan. And so, like, he, I remember he was even interviewed on Sky Sports afterwards, and they said, Oh, we saw you talking to Manny Pacquiao. Can you tell us what you were talking about? He said, Yeah, I just said, Hello, nice to meet you, Mr. Pacquiao. Please can I have your autograph? <laughs> so he, 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 was, he was just another fan like everyone else. Yeah. And then he, he, came, he, came, he actually came down after his loss um, to um, Louise as well. So he came down, and I introduced him to a young man I was working with who'd been shot about um, just under a year ago and i'd say i said that to him and he was like so he came over and spoke to me and he was like look sometimes sometimes you take losses in life and you've got to make them losses make you bigger and stronger i've just had one you've had one with being shot you just got to try and push forward and move on with it so again really nice guy um i said manny Pacquiao and amir khan they were cool manny Pacquiao couldn't really speak that much english so we didn't get that much from him but he was a cool guy. Um we had Andre Ward, who's one of my favorite people. He's just unbelievable. Um, just such a nice guy. I think he even missed a radio interview because he wanted to keep talking to the participants and sign their gloves and all that sort of stuff. So he was he was excellent. Um who else have we had that? Oh, more recently we had Lomachenko.
0: Oh yeah, Lomachenko.
1: So Lomachenko was brilliant. He got up in the ring and um he got up in the ring and did a bit of sparring with um, one of the boxers as well uh, it was one of the Fitzroy lodge boxers which was which is an experience and he's yeah he's he's just an unbelievable unbelievable person his uh, the skills that man has got in, in the boxing ring is ridiculous um so yeah i think those are the those are the main ones we had oh who else? we had just taylor come down because he had to film he, he filmed a promotional video down in our gym um but that was before Josh got the world title and before he was he, he was quite big. Um so yeah, we've had we've had, we've had quite a few. We've had our, our fair share. Yeah, man. We've life. been lucky. It's, it's good because it gives it, it, it helps motivate some of the young people as well. Yeah. They see see that people are willing to come down and put attention on what on what they're doing and, and focus on what they're doing. So it, it shows them that people think they're important and that people care and that, I think that's the main thing with really. them.
0: And you're right, you think about some of the individuals that have been able to come down and show Sorry, you got about to say something
1: Yeah, no, I'm just seeing some of the comments coming up on the on the screen and I'm forgetting people I can't believe I'm forgetting some Charlie of them Charlie
0: Edwards, Nicola Adams Charlie
1: Edwards, world champion Nicola Adams, Nicola Adams is brilliant as well We've um, we've got a young girl who, who's been coming down who's come from a really tough background and she's she's 18, well she was just turning 18 and she's got unbelievable talent in boxing and so we're hoping she's gonna she's gonna start competing soon and probably hopefully move into the program and do really well um but she's like i say she come from a really tough background but her hero was nicola adams and nicola adams just so happened to be coming down on her birthday so we we, we arranged for her to kind of surprise the young lady with a birthday cake and singing happy birthday that was to her yeah, and that was it. Was brilliant. It was a really nice touch, and she she was really good with her. So that again, that massively helped motivate her. Um, and how can I forget? Look, Gizzy's is putting the names up. Bradley Skeet as well. <laughs> this
0: guy's got name of everyone at this rate.
1: I know. Well, Bradley Skeet's a special one for us. So Bradley's a former British champion, and um, we've known Bradley since he was an amateur. He came up through Oldsfield Boxing Club and he's another one who's just always willing to come down and help. No matter what it is that we've got on, if we ask him to come down and help out, he always does. Um, he's taken a few of the boxers under his wing as well, helped, helped one of them go pro. So again, another another really good guy. We've, had, we've been really lucky and blessed with the, the amount of people that we've been able to get to come down and, and support the young people we're working with.
0: And it's funny because in some senses you're meeting all of these stars, George, but in your, in your own right, You're a star in the things that you do within the community. (laughs) Like, your name and your face is so popular amongst a lot of people that I know. They're like, oh, yeah, I know, George, Carney's Community Centre. And names roll off their tongue. And you've done so much for the young people at the community centre. Even when we're speaking, you can hear your love and feel the love you have for the young people. So I want to ask you. How important has that sense of family been at Carney's Community Centre, and how have you been able to foster such an environment?
1: I think that the, the sense of fam- like us being a family is is massively important. I think that's the the like that's the whole grounding of the charity. It's it's and and it's and it's not something that's unique to Carney's Community as well. I don't want to make out like we're the ones that kind of created that atmosphere like for if i go into like why we use boxing as a, as a tool to engage young people lots of people assume i'm a boxer i'm not I've, I've never boxed in my life i've done the training but i've never boxed the reason we use boxing is because i bought some young offenders i was working with down to fitzroy lodge because they wanted to learn how to box i met mick carney there and saw much better youth work being done there than i would seen in most of the youth clubs and saw the real family atmosphere that you had there. And then you look at places like Ellsfield Boxing Club as well. Again, it's like a family where, where you get young people who are boxing, they train up, compete, do well, they then retire, go into doing coaching and they put back. So basically what they do is someone has invested in them, so they take advantage of that and then when they get to the point where they can invest in others they invest in others and that's a that's a big part of the model of what we what we create so what we what we always say to people is we don't want barriers to them engaging with us which is why the sessions are free um or no they're not free they don't cost any money so what we do is we say to everyone you can come down and access carnies and you don't have to pay but the sessions are not for free and the support is not for free we want something in return and what we want in return is that when you've turned your life around and you've become a positive member of society that's in that that's having a positive input we want you to come back and support other participants or come back and do something positive for your community so we don't necessarily say they have to come and work at Carney's. they could go and set up their own organization they could go and set up their own charity they could go and set up their own project they could run a business where they're employing disadvantaged young people and giving opportunities to people but we want them to be putting something back and that's we, we took that model from what we saw at the boxing gyms you see it at lots of sports clubs as well football clubs things like that where people people are invested in and then they're willing to invest in others um and I, I suppose a really good example of that which has been had a lot of publicity recently is good guys decorating yeah um which is a, a business we helped set up so this was um a lad that i've worked with since he's 11 he's he's 30, he's going to be 31 soon um so I worked with him for a very long time um we we've, we've, we've been through our, our our experiences together he's a he was he was a handful he was the most prolific offender in the borough at a, at a time and uh, was very well known still is quite well known in and out of prison lots of problems lots of issues but we supported him and we we offered him a lot of support and actually he's like he's quite irritating because his initials are CC and he keeps thinking that the Carney's community initial CC stands for him because he's got quite a big head, but he's actually, <laughs> he's actually, he's actually a big part of why we, why we tried to create what we did. And i I mean, I'll, I'll come back to good guys decorating in a minute, but I want to kind of, kind of go off onto a tangent to highlight why we try and do the things that we try and do. So, so with, 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 with him, he had, he, he'd had, like over 40 different social workers by the age of 18, not been in mainstream education, not been, uh, not had any sort of consistent support from any professional, been through loads of, loads of issues. And he had, like having 40 social workers and like how are you expected to build a relationship with, with any of them? If you've got 40 of them, it's ridiculous. So he had a really tough upbringing and but he did have one consistent person in his life. And that consistent person was someone who would put food on the table, who put clothes on his back. If he had problems, they'd help him sort it out. And that person was the local drug dealer. So obviously he had some negative elements as well, but for, the, for, for, for this young man, he actually had a lot of positives and he was the only consistent person in his life. So for me, when I was working at the local authority, I'm thinking, how are we going to attract this young man away from someone who can provide something that we can't. Exactly. So actually what we need to do is we need to provide what he's providing, but better, which is that consistent long-term ongoing support with protection, with the opportunity to earn money and to earn a living with us being able to put food on your plate. That's the only way we're going to be able to draw people away from the, the others who, who are having a negative impact on them. And even for this, this, the, the guy that was selling drugs, he's, he, People will say he was a he was a negative influence and he was a, he was grooming the young man and in, in a way he probably was grooming him. But equally I believe that he was looking at him and thinking, look, I've been where you've been, I've struggled like you've struggled, this is the way out, I'm gonna help you try and get out. Now obviously that's not the right way to try and get out, but he's trying to do something to try and get him out. So we've got to try and find a positive way to get him out of that lifestyle. And that's a big part of why we've why we created carnies in the way that we did and why we don't have the same sort of boundaries and barriers that other organisations might have mm-hmm. where people want you to... People that Funders quite often would like... They want you to do short-term projects where you work with someone for a certain period of time and then you exit them from the organisation. You exit them onto something else. And they say, if you don't do that, you create dependency. And we say that we don't create dependency, we create interdependency, yeah. which is what communities and families do. You, you, No one is a success on their own. They're a success because they have... Peers and support around them, and that's what we want to try and create. So, so he he is actually a big part of the reason why we set kindies up. But as I, I'll go back to, to to his his company. So he's he got into he he got into lots of problems, but got to the point where he wanted to change his life, and so that was when he had his his daughter, um, his first daughter. So he he had responsibility for someone else, and so he he managed to get himself a job doing painting and decorating. And then him and his friend, who was another lad that we've worked with for a number of years as well, they came. They came to me and they said, "Look, we've, we've been doing the paint and decorating. We're good at it, but we don't want to keep earning money for other people. We want to earn money for ourselves. So we want to try and set up our own business. Like, can you support us with it?" And so we're like, "Yeah, absolutely, we can." But what's going to be the positive impact of your of your business, like? you know what our rule is around the virtuous cycle and you want to give something back, how we will help you, but how are you going to be giving back to others with it? So we kind of sat down and brainstormed it and they came up with the idea that for each house they painted, they were going to paint the bedroom of a child living in poverty for free or someone suffering from mental health issues for free. So we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely support that. And we, we, we pulled in support from other other places as well. So Battersea Power Station, um, they came in and helped us with preparing the lads and then getting it, launching their business. Um, I've also got a good friend called Ibi from a, a company called Izore that he set up and he's a business mentor to them as well. So we managed to to launch that program and that, that company and it's, it's done amazingly well over the last couple of years. I mean, they're... They're, well, when I say amazingly well, they've, they've achieved loads of amazing things. However, they're not earning lots of money because they're not getting as many jobs as they'd like. A big part of that is their fault. Um, and when I say it's their fault, it's because they, they they focus too much time on giving back and not enough time on earning money for wow. themselves. And so they need to they need to make sure they get the business sustainable so they can carry on in the long term. Yeah. But I think they enjoy the they enjoy the giving back part of it so much that's why they put so much effort into it and so like they've like the most recent job they did was for a young lady that we're working with um and they they did up they spent about three days doing up her bedroom um they they, they got her involved in it as well so like she she was learning how to do the painting and decorating and they managed to get they got some sponsorship from other from other companies like um Dulux and I can't remember what the other one was as well but they provided um they provided some free paint and some free furniture and so they they were able to to give this young lady like a really really nice bedroom and as as Kyle always says that's their that's their safe place that's where that's where they want to be that's we've got if we don't want them out on the streets we need to make their safe place safer and more comfortable so yes that, that's that's a prime example of what it is that we want to try and achieve with our virtuous cycle. We'll, we, we've we put into we've put into Kyle, and Kyle set up good guys decorating, and now he's putting in and supporting loads and loads of other people as well. And actually, he actually also had um, storms. He went down and did one of the give back jobs for him as I well. So I saw on BBC. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, again encouraging encouraging other people to come in and do that sort of thing as well. And again, that's. Another thing that I liked about Stormzy is when he was interviewed about it, he was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm coming down here for a couple of hours. Like Kyle is the one that deserves the credit. I'm, I'm just coming in doing a little bit. Kyle's the one that's putting the work in and doing it. So again, recognising the, the, what, what other people are actually doing to, to, to put into others and to try and help and support them.
0: And I think that's, that's probably like one success story out of so many success stories you've heard and you've encountered just due to the interaction that Carney commun- Carney's community center has had. And I think you said as well, there's, as you said, there's a cycle that goes on where what are you gonna give back? You've taken so much and what are you gonna give back to the community? And then there's other organizations where, as you said, they're worried that it creates an in, um, and a dependency compared to, as you said, an interdependency and that sense of family, that sense of home and that sense of belonging. So when you think about Carney's community center, just how have you been able to continue with such an effective model for young people to be able to come here and then to listen and to grow up in an environment where they're loved, respected, people support them and so much more? Because you said the youngest is seven and the oldest is 84. How have you been able to create such a link for people to want to keep coming back, do you think?
1: I think it's because... it's First, it's because we've been working in the community, this community for so long. So we've built up such good relationships with people in the community and it's the the, the team of people that we've got working for us are just unbelievable. Um, they all do it through passion. They all start off volunteering before they get any sort of paid work. The vast majority of them are people that have come up through the program themselves. And so they're like living, breathing examples of what can, what can be done and, and what opportunities are out there for for you? So, um, I've been able to influence a lot of young people and get them involved and get them active with Carney's. But the other staff have have been able to influence even more and even more and even more. So, like it's we we've got this kind of like drip down approach where the way we like to see is we've got Mick Carney at the top of the pyramid. He's impacted on myself and Mark Reigate, who's the other co-founder. We've then impacted on People like we've got Giz who joined the joined the um, the, the live earlier, and I, know, I can see Andrew's on it as well. So we we're impacting on these people who are now members of staff with us, and they're impacting on the next generation below them. And I think the fact that we've been a, we've been able to give a lot of the participants the opportunity to help others has been massive as well, because people like that they like the responsibility, they like being able to do something for someone else. So where we have a lot of peer mentoring that goes on we find that the people that get the most out of the peer mentoring is the people doing the mentoring rather than the people that are being mentored so I think a big part of it is just giving people the opportunity to help other people and to feel good about doing something that they that, that they want to try and do so like we see it a lot when people have children their, their, their whole attitude and um, kind of lifestyle changes because they 're responsible for other people yes. now, and I think if we can give if we can give responsibilities to some of the young people in the community and and give them opportunities it's it's you 'll be amazed at what they can achieve so I think just through trying to take away take away barriers that are there and not judge people we 've got a lot of young people that come down who are judged um in ways that they certainly shouldn 't be judged um i just I just see um I can see Santa Bike Life on here giving us a little positive comment. But he's he's a prime example of someone who's been judged in the past when he shouldn't have been. I remember um, I had him, well, I I got a call from the police when I was working with him saying that they were going to try and find him and arrest him because he's currently doing wheelies up and down the street outside his nan's house. Which I... Which which I found interesting considering he was sat in the passenger seat next to me. So we were we were able to give people like that where we were able to say, well, hold on, you've got these opinions of these people and you've built up this this image of, of this person, but actually we can give you the real image of them. We'll we we'll, and we we'll, we'll give we'll provide you with evidence that that this person is a good member of society who's actually doing positive things for other people. And yes, everyone messes up, everyone makes mistakes, everyone does things that they shouldn't do. But what we should be focusing on is the positive things that people are doing rather than the negative things. Um, the more you focus on the positive things, the more positive things they're going to do. The more you focus on the negative things, the more negative things people are going to do. So it's, it's having that positive mindset. It's having the right kind of people around us. Um, and, it's, and it's all about opportunities and giving people opportunities and not looking at barriers. We don't want to put barriers up to, to people being able to be engaged. It's in too many places where... No, so we can't support you because you're not from the right area. You're not from the right postcode. You're not the right age. Um, you're not the right gender. You're, it's do you know, what I mean, it's we, there, there's a lot of barriers to engagement, and we just try and take away all of those barriers. And I think the successes comes from the fact that we've got an amazing team of people who are just so willing to put themselves out and put the work in. And when I say put themselves out and put the work, we've got we've got people who who We'll go down to the police station until three in the morning to try and bail someone out of the police station. We've got people that will, will will take other other participants out to award ceremonies in Monaco, and it's like people are just the people we've got that work for us are just willing to go the extra mile. And the young people that we got coming down, they see that and they recognise that. They know, they're know they not stupid. They know who's there because they're getting paid to be there. And they know who's there because they're passionate and they want to support them. And I think that that shows. So I, f- I think that's the that's the reason why we've had the successes that we've had.
0: And I would love to ask you. So it's very interesting you made a point that typically, I suppose, in wider society, it's easier to judge somebody for all the negatives that they've done and to remind them constantly. And I suppose... There's the labeling theory, then you've got the self-fulfilling prophecy, and then you've got simply the brain is a creature of volume and repetition. You tell somebody for long enough all the negatives and all the bad things that they've done, and they'll continue to believe it. Carnage, I suppose, reminds them that there's good in them and that they can be a positive influence in the wider society. So I want to ask you, do you think that society needs to remind these young men and young women that they can do positive more than they are the negative. And should we find the space outside of Cardi's community center as well, where people can learn to forgive the mistakes that young people have made and give them a chance to reintegrate and reintroduce themselves back into the wider society?
1: 100% and my, my favorite example for why we unfortunately don't have that in today's society is that we had um, we've unfortunately lost a number of participants to knife crime. And a few years ago, I think it was about three or four years ago, we, we had a space that, in the space of a month, less than a month, we lost three participants to knife crime on three separate occasions. Um, and so we, we, got, we were contacted by the news. They were, uh, we ended up being on Newsnight twice because they wanted to interview us about it, what we felt was the issues with knife crime. So they were very keen to hear from us around this very negative topic of knife crime. However, when Good Guys Decorating got sent up and we contacted them about doing a piece on that, they literally said to us, sorry, we don't do good news stories. Yeah. And to me, that's just a sad indictment for what, what society shows now. Why do we not do good news stories? Why is it when you pick up the paper and you look on the telly, you're seeing lots of negative images of young people? Why are we not seeing the positive images of young people? I mean, I've I've been kind of advocating for ages that newspapers should have... And at least one article in each paper each day, about a positive thing that a young person has done. There's so many positive stories out there. However, we just seem to hang on all the negative stories. Do you not. Know and what that does is it gives it 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 makes people judge young people. And it also it's like like you said, a self fulfilling prophecy. It's like well, if people are going to think I'm like that, then I'm going to be like that. And I think we, we definitely need to have situations where we can promote more positive things that young people are doing. And not necessarily even just young people, it's, it's other people as well, adults. There's so, like, it's unbelievable how much positive stuff there is that's going on in the community, but so much of it doesn't get reported. Not, other people aren't aware of it. The amount of times I'm talking to people, especially in the Battersea area, and telling them, oh, have you heard about this person that set up this? Have you heard about that person that set up that? And it's, nope we've heard about stabbings and we've heard about robberies and we've heard, it's i mean we're we're a, we're a society unfortunately that likes to focus on the negatives and likes to judge
0: and it's interesting because afian said young people's contributions to society are overlooked and it's a very true point and i think if anybody ever compares mainstream newspapers such as the daily mail the independent they focus on the negative because i think there's an addiction to negative news over mm-hmm. and over again i think the news have a way of reaffirming people's fears. And I've done journalism, and I remember in one of the classes that we had, it was, we only do things that are newsworthy, and good things are not newsworthy, George. And you know that yourself. And it's funny that when you went to that same organization to say, can you write on this story, we don't do good news. So that's a very good point. So that's why I always encourage people to read more locally produced newspapers or organisations or outlets if you want more positivity. George, I want you to take me through a day in Carney's Community Centre from the minute you open the door to the moment you close the door. I'd love to know.
1: Oh, that's an interesting one. So uh, so I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. A couple of days ago, um, I pulled up at Carney's just before 9am and I saw... One of our participants, young girl, walking down the street um, crying and in her school uniform. So she'd come down. She'd just been, uh, well, she just had a big row at school with the teachers over her not having the right shoes. Um, And she said she got to the the point where she wanted to punch the teacher in the face. But she knew that wasn't the right thing to do. So she decided to leave the school, come down to Carnies, talk to us and try and calm herself down. So again, that's a, I think that's, I, I was quite proud that she decided she, that's rather than punish the person the teacher, she wanted to come down to Carney's. So we then spent the next hour trying to sort of calm her down, resolve the situation and then speak to the school and try and stop and, and, and try and resolve the situation with the school as well. So there wasn't any further exclusion or any issues like that. Um, we then get, we'll then get things like the food deliveries coming in where we have to start separating out the food deliveries, putting them in, various different care packages for different participants. Um, Unfortunately for me, my my life revolves a lot around meetings at the moment. So I'll be in and out of various meetings. Um, I suppose the benefit of the pandemic means that lots of them are being done on um, things like Zoom and Teams. So I'm able to multitask and do other bits and bobs as well rather than be stuck in a room talking. Um, and then we'll have uh, we'll have people might turn up and donate some bikes to our bike project, um, where we where we get the, we employ young people to fix up bikes, sell them, and then um, do basic bike maintenance. Um, we'll have people turning up to use the gym. Uh, we have we have set sessions for people, but we also have people that will just turn up and if they're stressed out, they need to release a bit of tension. We'll let them go in the gym and and do that with the bags, maybe do a bit of pad work. Um, I've spent the last few days up on the roof at Carnies because we've had a massive leak. So trying to, trying to sort out the roof. I'm hopefully starting a new career as a roofer. Um, And then it will be going out and doing some outreach. So going out to some of the local estates, meeting the young people out there, talking to them, seeing how they're doing general chit-chat, not necessarily trying to have having any specific aim or focus in that conversation, it's just trying to give them the opportunity to talk to people that can be positive role models to them um, and then we'll get participants that will be coming down, might play play a bit of pool, play play some table tennis people might come down to come and use the studio um, we could get phone calls from the police saying that we got one of our participants has been arrested so we'll have to go down and act as appropriate adult for them um we've got we've just recently been um given access to go into ones of prison as well so there's two of our, of us who, who are able to now go down and take out keys and go into ones of prison so we we're able to go we've got unfortunately a few of the participants we work with are in custody so we were able to go in there and talk to them see how things are going there seeing how we can set up a plan for when they come out to try and keep them out of prison um and then recently as well we've been doing a lot of meetings with a lot of the older participants that we work with who, again, are trying to give back and put something in. So like we've got, um, we had a lad down today um, called Diffa. He's, he's been someone that we've worked with for a number of years, who's really turned himself around um, and done a, he's, he's doing incredibly well for himself. And he's really keen on trying to support the next generation as well. So he comes down and does a lot of kind of personal development, self-help type things with the young people. Um, another lad called um Fatch, who's been coming down and he's he's uh starting to play a role in our music studio that we've got as well he's actually the he was actually the connection to stormzy he was the one that um was down helping out when when stormzy contacted us uh, contacted him and he got him to come down so it'll just yeah we it's no day is ever the same carnies which is which is a blessing because i don't like that sort of stuff it gets boring i like it being active um, so yeah, it's it's it could be many many different things that happen. That is truly a super
0: busy day. Let me. So someone's got a question. I'm just gonna read it to you, and then I'm gonna put it on the screen, George. What's yeah, the, yeah. what's behind the choice of the name participants for the great people you work with?
1: I think just the fact that they 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 participate in what we do. I think we don't. They're not clients because we we're not. They're not we're not giving them some sort of professional service it's we're doing stuff with them because they care um i quite often refer to them as young people but a lot of them aren't very young so we can't really call them that um and i've been to i've I've been to places where where they're called kind of where where people that you work with are called service users and things like that and i think that brings other kind of connotations where where people don't like to be Referred to as that, so we, we found participants is the least kind of generalizing sort of word to to, to call them, and it's quite, so unique, we, we, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And we, can like I say, we work, we talk, we target some of the most troubled people in our community, but we work with everyone, so we don't want people we, d- we don't have like one type of person that comes down to carnies we have all different types of people um and the reason for that is because yeah, we don't want to exclude and because we want people to learn from each other i think like one of my big frustrations is when society decides to label you in a certain way they then pigeonhole you and put you in groups with other people that they deem as being similar yeah and then they get frustrated when you don't change so you get in trouble with the police and you go to prison and you're surrounded by loads of other people who get in trouble with the police and then we're surprised that you come out of prison and carry on offending. Or you get excluded from school and you're put in a pupil referral unit with all other children that have been excluded from school and they wonder why your behaviour doesn't improve because you're surrounded by other people's Absolutely. poor behaviour. What we want to be doing is we want people to be learning from each other and we want people to be learning each other from from that all sort of angles as well like a big part of what we want to try and achieve is um social mobility um and so like you've you've been down to where Carnies is and you've seen that we've got uh, if you come out of the front door on the right hand side we've got a couple of housing estates Surrey Lane, Ethelberger Estate and then on the left we've got multi-million pound houses in the Prince of Wales Drive so we've got very different fractions of society very very close to each other and when we when we first opened up the centre we had an unbelievable amount of complaints from the neighbours on the Prince of Wales side, which was that we were attracting offenders into the area and teaching them how to fight. And so we thought the best way of trying to oppose that is we need to invite these people down and get them to come in. So we were offering free boxing sessions, we leafleted all the houses there asking them to come down. And we got quite a few of them come down and they train with a lot of our guys. And get on really well with them and then they walk into the chill out area where they see the case studies on a number of the guys that we're working with and they'll be like well i just i just trained with this guy's this guy but he's been shot like three times like but he seems like a really nice guy (laughs) yeah he is and but this guy seems really nice but he's been in prison for seven years yeah he is a really nice guy just because He's been in a situation where he's had to make some choices, and yes, may have made some wrong choices. Doesn't make him a bad person. Absolutely. Doesn't mean that there isn't a good side to him. Doesn't mean that he's not able to change. Um, and I think it's—I mean—one of the—one of one of the things that's really come up through through the whole recent Black Lives Matter movements and 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 the talk of things around white privilege as well—is that actually a lot of the young people that we're working with are people that have made mistakes that. A lot of middle class and upper class people have made similar mistakes but because of their backgrounds it hasn't led to them getting arrested it hasn't led to them going into custody and so we see where some of us make mistakes and we're able to get over it and it's not gonna impact on the rest of our lives other people make a mistake as a child and you should be making mistakes as a child because that's how you learn but you're then judged by that for the rest of your life And so it's 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 all about for us trying to trying to challenge that and trying to get people other people to to have the empathy for our participants to see how they may have been treated unfairly by society and to see how they haven't they may not have been given the opportunity to show that they can change their behaviour and that just because they've made certain mistakes doesn't mean they're bad people.
0: Absolutely, and I uh, it's when I hear you talk, I think. If there were more people in the world that had your sort of mentality, I think more young people would understand that their mistakes do not define them. And when I used to come to Carneys, I used to laugh to my boys and I used to be like, yo, it looks like there's quite a lot of middle class people here. These people I would never speak to on the street and I would never have a conversation with. But when you come into an environment such as Carney's Community Center, you're able to have a conversation. And I suppose in some senses, Carney's community center epitomizes a great equalizer, which I think is therefore, you know, further compounded by boxing because boxing seems to have no real class, no real race, no real age. So what is it like when you have these mesh of people coming together and they're able to have a conversation when they ordinarily wouldn't even be able to in wider society?
1: well i mean you're, you're right because i think the especially with boxing you when you walk once you walk in the gym everyone's the same yeah it doesn't matter what your background is where you're from you just need to work when you're in the boxing gym so it's like everyone is treated the same but it's yes yeah, it's, it's very interesting having having the different different people from different back, backgrounds different classes different cultures and you do see some some very interesting conversations that happen um but you see some very interesting partnerships that happen as well i mean we've um like we one of the programs that we, we were doing pre pre COVID was fit and fed. So for about two years we were feeding young people um after the after the boxing sessions. So we, we train them and then we cook up a load of food and, and provide that to them. And we had two different people that were doing doing the food. So we had one guy, Luciano, who's from Easy Sundays, I think he's actually on this on, on this live now, I've just seen him. But um he, he comes in and he cooks for them and um he'll He'll do things like um, mac cheese, oxtail, Ooh, chicken, rice boy, and beans, all, all that that sort side of stuff, which is top, top, top quality food. But then we also get one of our local residents who comes in and cooks for them. And we have things like stuffed aubergine and roast cauliflower and that kind of, and quinoa. And, and so it's very, very different types of foods. Uh, it's it always interesting seeing the, seeing the young people's reaction to the, to the different types of food that are available to them. Uh, but we've also had people like form partnerships where they can they, they they set up businesses together they work alongside each other so we definitely see that there's that social mobility and we see a massive massive learning curve from from all different sides massively because i think there, there is a lot of judgment i think there's a lot of snobbery and there's a lot of reverse snobbery as well like i do remember that one time when we had we had some very very high upper-class people come down and and do the boxing session. And one of the coaches shook hands with one of them afterwards. And when he shook hands with him, the guy wiped his hands on his trousers. And so our coach got very offended. I had to explain to the coach, you've just had your hand in boxing gloves for an hour. Yeah. Your hands are sweaty, like I don't think he was trying to rub his hands because he was disgusted at touching you because you're from a different class. Yeah. I think it was because your hands are sweaty, so it's it's, it's breaking down some of those barriers as well, but it's, again, it shows, it shows everyone that everyone's the same, and I think the the things that, the things that always really stand out to me is people who are, who are not from the background of our participants come down and find out things that they never ever knew. Were, were were being experienced by some of our participants yeah. so they never knew some of the, the stresses some of the frustrations they had to deal with they they have no they had no idea about the kind of anxiety it creates when you don't know where your next meal is coming from where where you don't know how you're going to get food on the plate and you've got the poverty based anxiety um they, they're not aware of the kind of the, the street codes of what areas you can and you can't go to and how you can and how you can't act, and they're not aware of the amount, the huge amount of pressure that we've got that our young people are facing at the moment from, from authorities, but also from their own peers. And so it's, I think it's quite eye opening, and mm. and it's that like it, it, it's educational for them, and we want it to be educational for them because it's it's all very good. Us in, in Carnie's being a small little section of the of the world having having our own opinions and views on what society should be doing, but we need wider society to have those opinions as well, which is another reason why it's important for us to get them in here and get them to to come and see and meet the, the guys that we're working with. So they don't just look at them and judge them as another hoodie that they see on the, uh, on the TV or another ASBO case that they've read around in the newspaper. They actually come and see that w- what these people are really like and see their, their true personalities.
0: And I suppose when you've got a centre like the one that you have, you uncover the best in people whilst the rest of society only sees the worst. And as I said, it's so funny because I can imagine a kid might go home and say, I've been able to try quinoa today, Mum. I've been able to have some turmeric cauliflower. So it's interesting that, again, Carly's Community Centre has been that equaliser and it's homogenised in some senses class. And the way we understand society is typically... There's always divisions. We, sometimes we forget we have so much commonalities. But then I, wanna, yeah. I always wonder, have, has there been a moment, George, where you've sat down and you thought, this is no longer for me? Have you ever had that moment? Because I, su- I suppose we're all human. And whilst you're positive and you're uplifting and you're enlightened, was there just that moment where you were like, is this really for me? Is the job I'm doing having an impact on the young people around me?
1: I think there's pro- if I'm honest, there's probably been lots of moments like that. And I think it's, there's, there is times where it's difficult. Um, and I think the, the times where it's difficult are things like where, where, when we do lose a participant to knife crime. We've, we've sadly had situations where we've, we've worked with both the, the victim and the perpetrator. Mm. Um, so th- those things are difficult. Um, it's very difficult when you've worked with someone for a very long time and put a lot of work and effort into them, and then they make another mistake that ends up with them going back into custody. And so, yeah, I think that there there has been moments where I thought, is is this is this the right thing for us to keep on doing? And I think that's very short lived, though. And I think the reason it's short lived is because of the people that I've got around me. So because of the other staff that we work that I'm that I've got down at Carney's, the other the other people that we're working with. And and also because of my my wife as well and my family, they remind me of all of the positives and all of the people that are reliant on carnies and all of the all of the positive impact that that we have had. And I think it's it's really important for us to to try and remember that because there are some there are some negative things and we don't always get the best get the best outcomes from the, from the participants. But we do have some massive massive successes and we have really hugely changed the lives of so many young people that we've got to try and keep remembering that. Um, So yeah I'm not gonna lie it can it can be difficult at times and it it can it can be frustrating and but it's as I say those moments are generally short-lived because I've got good people around me who are able to remind me of the of the positives that we've got going on.
0: Thank you so much for giving such an honest answer because I suppose whenever we think about a youth centre you know, we see sometimes the success stories and we forget that there's been pain to be able to get to that success. And I know we've spoken a little bit, you've mentioned a bit about knife crime and I could be here talking to you for probably about two, three hours about knife crime and poverty. But I wanna ask, when it comes to issues such as knife crime and in Carney's community center, do you believe that knife crime will continue with the way it's going or do you believe it's overplayed by the media?
1: it's a tough one I think I think the the media do what the media want to do so I think it can be overplayed and it can be underplayed by the media depending on on what kind of mood they're in I think we definitely got an issue with knife crime I don't think there's any denying that we've as I say we, we've lost a number of participants to it and it needs to be it needs to be dealt with properly but I don't think we've got Anywhere near the right sort of answer to how we're going to prevent and reduce knife crime, I think we've got very very short term answers. Yeah. I think we've got very reactive answers that kind of please the the general public voters who don't really know much about the situation. And I think unfortunately we're still living in a society that believes far more in revenge than it does in rehabilitation. Yes. Um, and I think that those those are the things that need to try and that, that we need to try and change. I think the enforcement side of things, we, we it, it, that's not going to make a difference to, to knife crime. I think when you're when you're threatening young people with with harsher sentences, you've got to remember these same these young people are also being threatened with losing their lives. And so, losing your life or going to prison for two years, you're going to choose going to prison for two years. Um, and an, an example of that is we lost we lost a participant. I won't mention his name, but about two years ago, um, and I think it was some it was some kind of they were trying to sell a car, and it, it all went wrong. But basically, he had his good friend, another participant of ours, with him, and um, he ended up getting stabbed and killed. And our other participant who was with him, who like tried to give him CPR, got him back to his mum's house, called the ambulance he's someone who'd been in custody recently for carrying a knife and we have done a lot of work on stopping him from carrying a knife. And now for him, he's faced a, the, the scenario now where he thinks, well, if I had carried a knife, would I have been able to save my friend? Yes. Now we'd still say, no, you probably would have, you, your friend probably would have still died. You could have probably got injured and you'd have probably been in prison for, for killing someone else. But these are the choices that young people that we're working with are facing and we've, this is what we've got to try and understand that it's not a simple thing of them just saying oh, i'm going to carry a knife because i think it's cool yeah a lot of the young people we're working with they are they're in fear of their life when they when when they're out and about in the community and it's i mean i think there's a there's a judgement by by the media and the public that the people who are who are who are getting stabbed and who are getting killed are, are heavily involved in gangs yeah. or drug supply but the reality is, the people who are getting killed are not. They, they may be on the very outskirts of it, but the people who who are the hardened offenders, they're not the ones who are getting targeted. They're not the ones who are suffering from it. It's 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 much more vulnerable young people that that are. So I think it's, I think there is a problem, but I think we've really got to take take a look at how we're going to prevent that problem I think is there's no one simple answer. I think there's things like, like we were talking about earlier, having much more positive images of young people um, out there. So having case studies, getting people to see the positive side of young people so people can aspire to that. I think we need to have much more opportunities for social mobility where young people see that if I work hard, I can earn good money and I can work my way up in, 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 in something. I think at the moment, it's very difficult for people to do that. I think if you if you come from money, you've got a good chance of making more money. If you don't come from money, it's very difficult for you to make more money. Um, I think we need to find opportunities to, to use the strengths of the young people that we're working with. Some of the young people we work with are geniuses some of them are amazing businessmen uh who know all about supply and demand and managing a team but they do it with yeah exactly it's accessible to them which is which is illegal and so we need to make other things accessible to them we need to create other opportunities for them to go on and achieve um and i think it's 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 not as simple as saying oh well they should just go to school and they should then go to college, go to university and get a good job. It's not quite that easy. There's People have got other factors influencing their life. And the, from the poorer background that you're coming from, the, the harder it's going to be and the, the more judged you're going to be as well. So I think there's there's a there's a lot of things that need to change, but it needs to have a long-term look into it. And we need to not have these um, silly reactive um, sort of issues around people saying yeah we need more stop and search and we need more more um, harsher sentences for, for people we've seen that doesn't work so all that's going to do is further criminalize people and that's not going to help that's not going to rehabilitate
0: afian said we need to open up economic opportunity to all the problem is too many politicians are scared to talk about the real solution of knife crime and it's a very true point and i think yeah. you said something that resonated yours. with me the most that it's rehabilitate, it's revenge over rehabilitation. And also, in my eyes, it's also prevention rather than cure. If you prevent things from earlier on, you can introduce people into society in a better way. And social mobility is key because sometimes we forget that class is a massive deciding factor in many opportunities yeah. that are also presented. On top of that, compounded with skin color and so much more. And I think the mindset you're fortifying people with in Community Center probably can't be forged anywhere else. So I can only imagine that when a young person comes in and probably thinks so lowly of themselves, when they leave Car- Carney's community center, they still feel so high and they've grown so much as an individual and as a person. And I wanna know, what is your purpose, George, for continuing to do the good work you are doing with Carney's community center?
1: I think it's just seeing, seeing the positives that I've seen and just trying to create more of them and i don't think i'm an especially good person for trying to do that i think it's i would much rather be doing a job that makes me feel happy by doing this sort of stuff than i would working in an art office somewhere and so it's it's really just trying to see people progress and see people meet the like the like the achievements that that you know they're able to do and if we can if we can give them a little push and help in that way then that that'll make me me a happy man, and that means that we've we've been successful in Carnies, and I mean, we like we, we don't get it twisted. We what we do is we help create a lot of opportunities, but the real hard work for these people that is is what the young people do. So like people like Kyle with Good Guys Decorating, we helped create an opportunity for him, but he's worked a hell of a lot harder on Good Guys than we have, right? and we've had loads of other participants that. A, like we'll create an opportunity, but it's them that choose to take it and it's them that choose to put the work in. So I think as long as I can still see the, that there's people out there that want to make a change and that, that that haven't given up on themselves and that want to push themselves forward, then we'll, we'll just keep functioning because there, there's, there's so many opportunities out there. It's just, they're not that easily accessible. Yeah. And what, what we see our role is, is trying to make them more accessible. And if we can't make them more accessible, then we're going to have to help create them ourselves as well.
0: And I think it says a lot about when you have your purpose, you know exactly what you want to do. When you walk into your job, it's not a job, is it? It's something you enjoy. It's something you want to do every day. And I suppose if we had more people in jobs that they wanted to do and actually enjoyed it, the world would be in a very different place. And I think that screams even more so for the young people that are suffering as a result of, Economic issues as a result of poor schooling, poor education. If you could describe Carney's Community Centre to me in three words, how would you
1: describe Carney's? um, Welcoming, accessible, and family.
0: And it's three very simple words. What I'm going to do, George, because the time's nearly running out. I want to leave you with the final words on how we can support Kanye's community center, where we can find the great work that you're doing and what does the future hold?
1: So how you can support is loads of different ways. Obviously we're reliant on funding. So any donations would be great. You can get, you can make donations there via our website. Um, But one of the things we've just been talking about is promoting and talking about, good things that young people are doing. So get out there and talk about young, good things young people are doing. Get out there and talk to young people as well. It, it, you'll, people will be amazed at how, at how welcoming, nice, friendly these young people are if you go and make an effort to talk to them. Um, and then to find out about Carnies, we've got a website, we've got our Instagram, um and come down and see us we're 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 open and welcoming to all we can't have quite as many people as we used to have there because of the whole pandemic but we still try and squeeze in as many as we possibly can and find opportunities for others um and yeah if anyone's got any work opportunities out there or opportunities for paid work experience for any of our participants please do get in contact because we need all the help that we can get
0: and really quickly what does the future hold for khani's
1: Um, So what our plan is, is we don't want to grow any bigger. Um, We want to stay the same size as we are. We just want to provide even more support to the groups that we're working with. But we would love other other people to come in and try and copy our model in other areas. I don't think we'd be able to use our model in another area because we're not embedded in that community. There are other people who are embedded in their communities who'd be able to take the model that we're doing and, and do it for themselves. So we'd love to see other people using what we're doing and and creating their own kindness community, not necessarily naming it that, but um, just, yes, sort of taking our lead and going and doing it for themselves because the more we can support people, the better and the further reaching we can get, the better.
0: Honestly, I think if people took your model and implemented it somewhere else and we had more people with your kind of mindset are more people with your passion to do the job that you're doing, to do the work that you're doing. Young people, I would fear nothing for them in society. And as we both agree, we need to live in a society that promises rehabilitation over revenge and believes in prevention rather than cure. I'm excited to come back down to Karni's Community Centre. And most importantly, I'm excited to see what the future holds for such an organisation because I've got a few plans in place that, I want to create a documentary of a few people, so I've got to come through, have a chat with you, showcase the good work you're doing, because I just want a straight positive channel, a positive documentary.
1: We'll definitely have people for you.
0: Definitely, man. George, thank you so much for taking the time to have a chat with me. It's been a chat that I've genuinely really found not only enjoyable, but insightful in the sense of when I was younger and I used to go to youth centres, I didn't really think about how important the youth centre was for me at the time. But when you grow up, you realise it's, number one, it's character building, but also, number two, it is a sense of family. So the work that you're doing doesn't go unnoticed. Probably it's undervalued in society, but within the individuals that you're doing the work, it's highly valued.
1: Thank you very much. appreciate it.
0: Nah, honestly, man. So thank you so much for having the chat with me, and we'll keep in touch. And thank you... To everybody that's watched, that's asked questions, that's name dropped when George forgot all the boxes because he's a busy man. (laughs) But thank you so much, George.
1: Brilliant. Thanks a lot, Sean. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Uh, bye.
0: Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to having you again. If you've enjoyed, share, subscribe, follow and make sure everybody gets to have the blessing that is conversations. And remember, Flower Hour is the podcast where conversations blossom.